That was so wonderful uh, to be led into the throne room of the Lord before his presence in worship. It's just so good. And to be here together at Brothers and Sisters in Christ and be able to just sing to our Lord uh, is, is just such a blessing. Amen? I just want to let you guys know that it's, it's always an honor to come out to Tracy and to see uh, the Lord uh, working through his church here. Um, as, as your pastor said, I work for the California Southern Baptist Convention, and you're thinking, what is that? Uh, that means I'm your missionary. We, we help churches up and down the state, and we, we work with our national agencies, and we're just trying to get people get saved. We just want to see people get saved and our churches to continue to do great work like your church does. And, you know, I get to see Brother Brent, who's over there in the back. I, I see him sliding in. He serves on our board. And, Brother, thank you for doing that. And uh, he, we also see Brother Chris. He's been out with some of your people out doing some uh, disaster relief work. And we, we lead that up also as well out of the state convention. But we're your missionaries. We Working, we're working with churches up and down the state of different languages, and it's just such a blessing uh, to be here with you. And thank you for being a part of the California Southern Baptist Convention and this family. And you guys are, are truly, truly awesome. Today, as we get into the Psalms and we look at Psalms 91, I've titled this sermon, The Best Place to Live. The Best Place to Live. And if you were to look it up, you'd probably find on Google like places like maybe Hawaii, uh, maybe Bora Bora, uh, maybe the United States, you probably wouldn't find California on there. I mean, you know, there's been a, just a mass exodus of people that have left California, right? I think like the people in these first three rows probably just left <laughs> California. Uh, you know, they, they, there's just been so many people that have left. They don't want to live in California. They're moving to Idaho and, and Tennessee and, and these other states that maybe are a little bit more God-fearing than, than some of the leadership that we have here in this, in this state. I mean, they, they, they don't like Newsom, and so they're ready to leave, you know? And, and the poor guy... Um, you know, it's hard to be a leader. It's just really hard to be a leader, especially when things are messed up and COVID was pretty messed up. And, you know, that guy will get blamed for everything. Leaders get blamed for everything. Just like they get the credit for the good stuff, they also get blamed for, for the bad stuff. And, and, you know, living in California, I, I don't know, personally, I love it. Uh, I grew up in, in L.A., and uh, moved to San Jose and served there at a, at a church for nine years. And in the last four years, I lived in beautiful Fresno, right? You guys all know where Fresno is at, right? I, called, I used to call it the armpit of California. So uh, that's where I live. Um, not like in the beautiful place that you guys lived in Tracy, right? Where it's like 90 degrees at, it's hot today. It's hot, you know? And um, anyway... I think that the best place to live now is where your grandkids are at, right? Isn't that the best place to live? Uh, you know, I knew I was going to get an amen out of that one. Uh, you know, believe it or not, I, I am a grandpa. You know, this gray hair, uh, you know, uh, uh, we are grandparents of a four-month-old. And so I'm thinking Fresno's not such a bad place to live because that's where my grandkid is at. And so... Um, the best place to live. When we, when we think of the best place to live, this is definitely, we've been talking about geography, right? Uh, and there's different places why we want to live there. But when we think of the best place to live, when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to, uh, to, to our, our 
our relationship with God, um, we find in Psalms 91 that for the God-fears that are, that are uh, reading this passage, this psalm, these, these people that, that believe in God, the best place to live, they, they talk about that in, in this passage. Where, where is the best place to live? Especially when it comes to uh, times of difficulty. Because no matter where you live, you will find that it's either hot or tornadoes or you guys feel the earthquake the other day, right? And us California people, it's like an earthquake is like, hey, come on, bring it on. That's, all, that's the best you can do, right? 7.06, what? You know, especially if you grew up in, in L.A. I mean, we're ready for L.A. to become, become beachfront property when you're like right up against the mountain, right? I mean, you, 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 you expect certain things. No matter where you live, you will find difficult times. For the people that would have been reading Psalms 91, they were going through some difficult times. And so Psalms 91 is a little bit like the song we just finished singing. It's kind of like an affirmation of who God is, a kind of an affirmation of what God does, and that when tough times come, we can trust in God still. This would have been a psalm that would have been sung within, you know, in the temple. And it's a, it's a, it's a psalm that, that comes in parts, like verse 1 and 2 is one speaker. Verse 3 and 4 is another speaker. And then the first speaker comes back and, and then he, he reads verses 5 through 8. And then verses 9 through 13 is the speaker, the second speaker. I know I just lost you. But, but there's two people kind of talking back and forth, reaffirming who the Lord is and the assurance of who God is and what he does. It, it, that's, that's kind of what's happening in, in this psalm. In the last part of the psalm, in verses 14, 15, and 16, it's actually God talking. So when you look at the psalm, there's that breakdown of just reassurance of who the Lord is and what he does. Do you have your Bibles open to it? I, I'm, I'm doing something today that I typically don't do. One is I have my iPad up here with my Bible because I wanted to read it out of the New King James Version just because it's a little bit more poetic. And I actually don't have a New King James Bible, you know, paper Bible at home. But... Um, but I'm going to be reading out of that, and it's up on there on the slides. But this is what Psalms 91, verses 1 through 4 says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. That's the first speaker. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. When we look at this, at this passage, uh, we find assurances for God-fears in troubled times. That's what we, we find in here over and over. Now the question is, who are the God fears. In, 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 this, in this time, for the, this passage here, the God fears are the people of Israel, but which ones? When, when I was looking at, 
at, at you know, studying this, this psalm and trying to figure out who it's written for, uh, you know, some people say maybe it was for uh, the people coming out of the Exodus with Moses, somewhere in like in Exodus chapter 33, 34. Others were saying, well, maybe it's in, it's in Samuel somewhere with King David. Others were giving, you know, just different, it's, it's tied to, to, to Psalms 90. There's just different people were giving different ideas of where it could be tied to. Every one of these is, is talking to people that are going through difficult times, that believe in God, and again, that's who it is referring to. That if you dwell in this secret place of the Most High, that if you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, then all these things the Lord is, the Lord does, and that's who it's for. Today, uh, we, we can say it's for us, for those of us who trust the Lord, who love the Lord. And, and we're going we're gonna to get into that as we go into verses 14, 15, and 16. But as we see this, these assurances, there's seven things that I, that I want us to kind of look at and remember. And the first one is, remember God's power. As you look at these first two verses, remember God's power. The, the way it reads here is he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. The Most High is the one who owns everything. He possesses all things. And so you could read this and say he who dwells in the secret place of the one that possesses all things. Now that's a pretty cool great thing about God and his power. He, has, he, he possesses all things. He's the El, 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 Elion. He also is, it says, that the one that shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, he's the, the, the El Shaddai, the, the one that, that provides all things. So he possesses all things and he provides all things. So how great it is, is it to dwell in the secret place of the one that possesses all things and to abide under the shadow of the one that provides all things. Uh, it's funny, on, on my way in, I saw that there was a, a young lady out uh, in the concrete out here, not in the parking lot. There was somebody else in the parking lot. But this young lady that was in the, in the concrete out there, she was, she was standing behind uh, an umbrella about eight feet back where the shadow was hitting on her. She's a smart girl, I tell you. You know, she must have heard a, a sermon of two from Pastor, Pastor uh, uh, Nolan. So anyway, she, she was standing in the shadow because of that heat, right? And, and just smart. And how wonderful it is to have the shadow of the Almighty, the one that possesses all things. That's a great place to be. Um, the, the other day I was at a baseball game, a couple weeks ago, we were at a baseball game and we're sitting next to the foul pole and um, I had been at the lake the day before, and so I'm trying to keep my skin as light as I can. That doesn't happen. And so, I'm, but I'm, I'm sitting in the foul pole, and I'm just like, the sun's moving, right? And I'm trying to, to, to stay within the shadow of, of that pole uh, because I don't want to get cooked. I don't want to get burned. And so uh, th that's just a good place to be under the shadow of the Almighty, the shadow of the El Shaddai, the one that provides all things. He possesses all things. He provides all things. He says, I will say to the Lord, the Lord Jehovah, the one that is the eternal, the eternal God, the I am, the God of promise. He says that he is my refuge and my fortress. I, I don't know, but I can trust in, in, that, in him, right? I can trust in him. He could be my refuge and my fortress, especially in time. 
have difficulties. My God, my Elohim, he is the creator. He is the powerful creator. He is my, my, my refuge, my strength. And, and so, folks, when we just read these passages, it, it just talks about the power of who God is, that in times of trouble, we need to remember who the Lord is. When we're going through times of discouragement, remember who the Lord is. And, and like I said, that's the first speaker. The second speaker says, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from, from the hunter. Remember, God delivers his people from his foes. That's the second thing to remember. Remember, God delivers his people from his foes, from the, from the hunters. And then it says there in verse 3, from the perilous pestilences. And, and if we've uh, made it through 2020, we've made it through COVID, right? Amen? Praise the Lord for that. So we made it. That pestilence didn't get us. That's not what it's talking about here. There's other things that, that come towards the people of God and just towards people in general. I mean, we had COVID-19 and then we'll have COVID-20, when's the next election? 24, you know, that's just the way it works, you know. Mad cow disease four years ago, four years after that, you know, you get the pig, Yeah, you just, they just come every four years, just know that that happens, politics, you know. But it's the flu, guys, uh, we, we survived it, praise the Lord for that. The Lord delivers, amen. Remember, the, the Lord delivers and then this this. Verse 4, he shall cover you under his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. He, remember, God is faithful. He is a shield that you can trust. And, and this is the image of, uh, of, of the Lord protecting us with his wings. I, I, I read a story, an illustration of, of a people that went to this farm and that there had been uh, just a fire that had gone through there. And they found what looked to be just feathers, burnt feathers. And it was a, a hen that had been cooked to death, burned to death. But underneath it, there were these little chicks that came out of it. She protected her, her chicks from the fire. She gave up her life for them. And isn't that what the Lord has done for us? Isn't that what the Lord Jesus has done for us? That, that we may be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, he, he died on the cross of Calvary for us. This is, this is who the Lord is. And when we look at this, folks, we, we could be assured that the Lord is good. The Lord is mighty. The Lord is powerful. He delivers. He is faithful. And so I have, have this slide there for you. It says, because of who he is and what he does, God fears God-fearers are, are those that, that love God, those that trust God. There it was the people of Israel. For, for today, it's those that have placed their faith in Jesus. God-fearers will dwell in the secret place. Why wouldn't we dwell in the secret place? And abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Folks, life gets hard. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to take away your joy. And, and what allows us to keep going forward in this world as trials come, as, as difficult times come, what, what helps us to, to thrive is not because we're, we're strong, but it's because of who God is and what he does in our lives. Now, when, when we dwell with him, he takes care of us. Remember when you were a child and you lived in your, in your parents' home? Didn't they feed you, buy you clothes, give you medicine when you were sick? Sometimes I wish I was a kid so I could not have to go to work and just be taken care of at home. 
you know? Uh, maybe not. But, but you know, it was the, how great it is to dwell, to dwell in the secret place, to dwell in the house of the Lord. And I was, I was, when I was studying this, well, what is this, this, this secret place? What, what is this, this place? Some people were saying, well, maybe it's the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. Other people were saying different things. What, what I came to find that this secret place, this hiding place, was probably the center of the camp when they were out, in the, out you know, fighting. It was the place where the highest general would stay and it'd be the hardest place that they can get to. It was the most secure place to be. That's where we can be with our Lord. That's where we should, that's where we should abide with him, live with him. And, and, this, and this sense of abiding, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a constant us putting a correction in our life that when the Lord says, move this way and you've gone that way, you come back and you abide. It's kind of like looking for that shadow so that you stay under the shadow of the Lord and under his presence because we're prone to wander away from God. And when we think of all that he does and all how good he is, why wouldn't we want to dwell in the hiding place? Why wouldn't we want to be under the shadow of his presence? That's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. Especially when times are tough. We truly, truly need to be there. This is the God-fearer. This is the, the, believer, the believer in Christ. This is not the person that just, you know, they're, they're about ready to fall over the waterfall. And all of a sudden, Lord, help me. Deliver me, Lord. That's, that's not... The picture of these people here, the, the person who dwells, the person who abides is constantly with the Lord, constantly seeking God. This is the person that can call out to God and say, Lord, you are, you are my, the, the protector. You are the, the almighty. You are the most high. You are my God. This is the person that can call out this way. And they would be reassuring each other at church just like we do here reassuring the lord is good the lord is faithful the lord is mighty the lord is the provider the lord is the protector that's what you see here in the psalm you you get to uh verses uh, 5 through 13 and 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 this is very much something that was for them, okay? So when, you, when, you read, when, when I read this and, and you follow along, I, I want you to think that this is for the people of Israel, the stuff that they, that they went through. Look at what it says. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Again, this is during the wartime. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Again, this is not telling you go into the middle of war and, you know, Lord, kill 10,000 here. And Lord, no, this is again for them. Um, where did I live off? No, no, uh, eight. Only with your eyes shall you, shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he has given his angels charge over you to, take, to, to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall thread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Again, this was very much 
for the people of God, the things that they would go through, the, 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 the different battles that they would go through, the different challenges. We, we even see a part of here of, of the verse that Satan uses incorrectly to tell Jesus, right? The angels will have care over you, and surely angels have care over us. You can go into Hebrews and see that, that they have care over us. But folks, this is, this is very much for them, their promises that were for them. And so the, the fourth thing that we need to remember is that God has made these promises to the Jews and not to us. These are for them, okay? Be cautious not to misread the text and make these promises about you. We do that too much sometimes. These verses were a part of their, of their hymns, not of our lives. Like, we're not gonna go out, you know, when there's something like, like, you know, COVID or something. And we're, and, oh, we don't care. We're just going to do whatever we want. Now, some people did that. I might have been guilty of that at times. You know, if there's something real that's dangerous, be careful. Be cautious. Don't go there. Again, we, this is for them. The protection that they had. Don't jump into the Sioux, into the lion's den. It's not smart. You're not, you're not in Daniel's days, okay? Don't jump into the fiery furnace. It's not smart. That was for them, okay? Something very much that God was, was doing. We see God's faithfulness. We see God's goodness. We see the deliverer, the rescuer. But folks, we, we see that today, don't we, in our lives? I mean, if I were to write my own psalm of assurance of encouragement to myself so that I would be able to read it or maybe that you would be able to read it. My psalm would read something like this. My God has been good to me. Since I was a child, I was able to know about him at church. When I turned nine, I was baptized, letting everybody know about the faith I have placed in Jesus. When I became a teenager, the Lord, through a mission trip and through those around me, let me know that I was called into ministry. I then married a woman who loves the Lord. Thank you, God, for bringing her into my life, that we may serve you together. For the last 21 years, we've been serving you in full-time ministry, and God, you have protected us. You have watched over us. You have been our provider. You have given us two daughters that we love tremendously and we've seen them walk in your way by your grace and mercy. Yet Lord, last year during COVID, we did not fear the pestilence that came, but we were crushed in our soul, Lord, when our daughter left our home to go live with her boyfriend. And for months, we didn't hear her, Lord. But yet, even though we did not hear her, hear of her, Lord, you gave us a peace. And you saw our tears and, our, and, our, and you heard our prayers in the middle of the night. And for months, while we didn't know what was happening, Lord, you were still faithful. And you covered us, Lord, with your love. And we have seen, Father, even through that, your goodness when we were able to restore the relationship with our daughter and now be able to enjoy the fruits of a grandson. Lord, we are still waiting on you. What does your psalm sound like? See, we all go through different times in our lives where wherever we're living, 
It could be a physical fire that's come our way and taken our house down. It could be a, a storm that has come and just taken things out. Or it can be a spiritual part of your life where you're just going through really hard times of your life. It could be something like what we went through where, where we just had to cry out to the Lord. And, and, we, and we just had to say, Lord, we can't do this anymore. We can't, we can't go to sleep at night because, Father, we, we don't have rest because we don't know where our daughter's at. But then the Lord comes and he is faithful. And you can go back to that faithfulness. And not that I wish that on anybody, but folks, I am, today I am on this side of it and I can say, Lord, thank you that you allowed me to go through that because I became closer to you. My, my, my faith grew in you. The pandemic was nothing for me. It was one of our best time of our lives. We saw, we, we were able to buy a house in beautiful Fresno. But having our daughter leave our home and not talk to us for months. And watching me and my wife grab on to our Lord and dwell with our Lord and abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Folks, I can tell you, our God is faithful. He is good. So your, your, your psalm might not be this, this psalm that, that we read here, 5 through 13. Your psalm might read differently. But folks, how good it is when we can share with others the goodness of our Lord. And that's what they're doing. They're sharing the goodness of the Lord that we may be encouraged. And even more than that, just as we get to these last three verses, we can be even more encouraged because this definitely is for us. Like I said, you've had two speakers speaking. Verse 1 and 2, you have one speaker. Verse 3 and 4, you have somebody responding to that speaker. That speaker comes back in verses 5 through 8 and then 9 through, through 13. But in 14, it's the Lord speaking. And he's speaking to them and he's speaking to us. And look at what it says in verse 14. Because he has set his love up upon me. Because we have set our love upon him. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. In other words, he'll set him outside of the troubled area. Because he has known my name. As we think about, about that, it says, Remember God desires abiding, loving obedience. From us still today. He wants us, he wants us to, to love him. How do we show him love? He says, if you, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Those that are God fears, that love God, that live according to his will, that continue to abide under the presence of the Almighty, those are the ones that will be delivered by the Lord and they will be set on high and they will be protected from the streams of danger that are on the bottom. You're going through difficult times. Things are, 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 are dangerous around you right now. I would say to you, just continue to love the Lord. Continue to abide with him, to dwell with him, to be with him in that secret place, just loving him, and he will deliver you. Will he do it immediately? Sometimes he's just going to let you look at the dangers, and he's going to continue to say, I've got you, I've got you, I'm protecting you. He will deliver you, he will protect you. Look at verse 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. How good it is that he answers, amen? 
I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Acts 16.31 says, so they say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Remember that God desires people who know and believe in his name. Folks, we don't, we don't just make it through because we, we did it on our own strength. The true God fears those that, that love God and, and, and dwell with the Lord and abide in the Almighty. Those understand that it is the Lord, that we cry out to him when we have need, that he answers, that he is present, that he rescues, and he even brings honor. Honor and glory to his name. See, this, there's this concept I've been, I've been reading about in, in Scripture, and it's, and it's so true. When God's people have victories, and we've relied on him, he gets the glory. He brings you honor, and he gets the glory. He says in verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Remember that God desires to bless you. He wants to give you the, the, the long life. We see that in scripture over and over, this long life. Long life is not a curse, folks. Long life is a blessing. I mean, I, I see my mom playing with my grandkid raising them up, see my dad holding my grandkid, and I'm thinking, wow, how blessed they are. How blessed they are. God wants to bless you with long life. John 10.10 10 says that the, the thief, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Satan wants that in our times of, of struggles, those times in our lives when, when, when we're getting attacked, when things are not going our way, when, when sickness comes, he wants us to be discouraged and he wants us to be out. But that's not what the Lord wants from, for us. For those of us who love the Lord, God wants us to be encouraged by who he is. He wants to take care of us so that we have victory in Jesus and that we can glorify our God. And he will give us long life and he will show us his salvation. And the salvation here is not talking about the salvation that we receive through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because of our sins. It's talking about a salvation based on that situation of our life. But this is for God-fearers. This is for people who believe in God, who dwell with him, who abide in him, whom he is their God, their refuge, their strength, the powerful, almighty God. That's who these promises are for. Now, Satan will try to discourage us and, and, and have us forget. But today is a day to remember. Where are you living? Where are you living? Are you living in, in, in the house of discouragement? 
Are you living in the house of forgetfulness? Or are you living with the Lord? Are you dwelling in that secret place with him? Because let me tell you, it's a secret to those that don't know him. The ones that don't know him, they're trying to figure it out on their own. They're trying to do it on their own strength. But for us who know him, we go to him, we go, we dwell with him, we stay under his presence, we seek his will, and folks, we will be encouraged. And others can encourage you, just like this psalm, it was an encouragement to one another. His word will encourage you. His spirit will encourage you. You're not alone. Don't do this on your own. It's not meant to be done on our own. That's what we find in this psalm. The best place to live is with the Lord and with his people and in the Lord, regardless of the circumstances that is around us. Amen? Now, there are some people probably that are hearing this today, and you've heard me talk about God-fearers and to be in the Lord. And let me tell you what it takes to be in the Lord. It means that you understand who God is. You understand that the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death. And there's an eternal separation between you and the Heavenly Father. And when you die, everyone that dies in their sin will be separated from God forever. But God in his kindness, in his goodness, and in his grace has sent Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary for you. And if you give Christ your life, you place your faith in him, understanding that God raised Jesus from the dead and resurrected on the third day and today is with God the Father. You place your faith in Jesus for the salvation of your soul. Today, you become a God-fearer. You become a follower of Jesus. And you can begin to walk with him. And when the tough times come, these promises are for you. They're for you. If that's you, what you need to do in this moment right now is just call out to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Save me, Lord. Here's my life. I put my trust in you first for the salvation of my soul. And second, I put my trust in you that you'll take care of my life. For the rest of us, I don't know where you're at today. If that was your prayer today, you become a child of God because you place your faith in Jesus for the salvation of your soul. For the rest of us, I don't know where you're at. You're going through a storm in life? Are you going through difficulty? Wherever it might be that you're at, I just want to give you the opportunity to pray and to remember that God is the Almighty. He's the provider of all things, the possessor of all things, the powerful, and he will take care of you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. With our head